Welcome to the world of Pokemakers. I'm Professor Fierce. And I'm Professor Fierce. But if that's too confusing, you can call us JD and Alex. For some people, Pokemon are pets. Others use them for battles. We're here to create all new Pokemon and a world for them to inhabit. Last time we created the Cryptic Fields, a unique encounter method to find rare, possibly shiny, and possibly hidden ability Pokemon surrounded by fog or mist, or I really liked the Mirage Haze. Yeah. And we also created some Pokemon. Two! Two, Two Pokemon for the price of one. Furious. Furious, a big ice dark moose. It's so angry. I like it a lot. It's a really fun. And we added Splatter, our previously hinted at tar-based pure poison type. It's a little blobble. Which we've now realized resembles a tar bubble. Yeah, like the, the little dome shape I was describing. A, a tar, tar bubble is perfect. With like a splat underneath. Yeah. It's like all bubbling up like, from the tar. It's, it's great. It's and perfect. It and gets, it gets those the rainbow colors we're talking about perfectly like on the bubble itself while the rest yes. of it's more like the black purple yes yeah today alex you're in charge what are oh we doing boy. we're gonna head back over to the town map what are we doing here at the town map alex there are a few gaps in our map some map gaps some map gaps some places <laughs> that we've been sort of dancing around like oh, we're gonna put something here but we haven't quite figured out what yeah and yeah so we have ideas but we haven't done that yeah, I feel like I have mostly exhausted my knowledge of the West Coast <laughs> and the big hits, really. Which is where I step in. Yep, you've been here before. I've been here my whole life. <laughs> we'll start with, on the map, it's location E. Sort of right there in the middle. It's between the Laventon Forest and Kurtston. Mm -hmm. Do you think this is one that might be on the route itself? Yeah, I think it's along the route. Yeah. It's some kind of berry farm. Okay. Or a farm of some kind. Yeah, just brief rundown of farming in this area. Farming, I think, is a little different in how it's done in America compared to at least England for my own sake. Sure. And I know that a lot of the middle states, the quote-unquote flyover states, mm. are more well-known for their farming. Mm -hmm. Not that it doesn't happen here and elsewhere. California is actually a huge farm, sure. farm place. Like, California produces the majority of the world's almonds or something. Sure. There's huge amounts of farming in California, in Oregon, in Washington. Mm. What I know of farming in particular mm. in these areas, I'm from a rural town in Oregon. We grow chairs. Yeah, specifically cherries. Like, other things grow in general, but for farming, it's all about cherries. We have cherry orchards upon cherry orchards upon cherry orchards. We produce a huge amount of cherries that get exported to the rest of the United States, if not the world. I don't know where all they go. I don't know the details on that, but we produce a lot of cherries. So I think that's one thing that really strikes me about farming here is that, obviously, on any farm, the different crops grown are going to be separated. Mm -hmm. But you don't tend to get elsewhere just entire towns dedicated to a single crop. Yeah. Huge areas for the one thing. Which is also fun because then we have a cherry festival. Yeah. Hey, I'm going to call a shot right now. Cherubi and Cherim can be in Alsea. Yeah. <laughs> they would be like the mascots of the town that I'm yeah. from. Yeah. One of the towns in particular can just have a bunch of them hanging out. Yeah. Point E on the Alsea region map is some kind of berry farm. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> the, the berries change out seasonally. Oh, I like that. I was going to say, is it going to be a very specific single crop location? Yes, because that is very much how farms, or at least for profit farms yeah. work here, mm -hmm. but also you'd want variety throughout. You know, yeah, like yeah, you'd want yeah. to be able to come back and be like, oh cool, the berries have switched to lumberries instead of pineapple berries or whatever. Mm. I think you could have a couple of very small locations elsewhere and this is like yeah. the big one. Yeah, that's 
that's where you can get massive amounts of berries. Oh, I'm sort of imagining it could mechanically work in a similar way to the fields that are in Jubilife Village in Pokemon Legends Arceus, where in that game in particular, you do some side quests to expand that, and then as a result, you're able to pay for them to grow specific crops. Yes. This, it could just be that for whatever reason, maybe you came there and helped out, and you can suggest you grow this particular crop. And Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, you do some side quest for them, and yeah. the farmers are like, oh, thank you so much. You defeat a wild Pokemon that's bothering them, or yeah. a random Team Astro grunt. And then they'll be like, you know, I was thinking about changing up what crop we're growing this season. Do you have any suggestions? And there's yeah. a drop-down menu, and you can choose whatever you want them to grow next. Yeah. It probably makes more sense for the sake of blending the mechanic with the flavor. You could change it up every time, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then it grows en masse compared to other locations where it's like a single tree kind of yeah, deal. Yeah, exactly. You can choose to get just a whole bunch of one kind of berry. Yeah. That's a location. Let's name it. Let's just give it a, a cute, <laughs> fun name. Um, So part of the inspiration for this, it's a theme park, but Knott's Berry Farm. Okay. They produce a lot of jams and stuff. Uh-huh. They're very well known, but their original farm has just become a theme park with roller coasters and stuff. Okay. So like name farm, like whatever the NPCs are named. Let me just bring up farms in Pokemon. Sure, yeah. One that comes to mind is Floxy Ranch in Black and White 2, which is just outside of Floxy Town. The first one that comes up is the Moo Moo Farm in <laughs> Johto, which produces Moo Moo Milk. If it's just like berry orchards. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. At least a placeholder name of nothing else, so just berry orchards, and maybe it gets a specific name named after an NPC or a location yeah, or yeah. something. But... I like calling it an orchard rather than a farm, because yeah. then you can sort of spread out in towns and stuff other mm-hmm. little small farms where there's a couple berry trees that you can do yeah. stuff with, but this, this one, is, this the is orchard. an orchard. Yeah. What else we got? Another thing that we have mentioned in passing before, Hot Air Balloon Festival. Yeah, yeah, you wanted to do a big thing with that, right? Were you imagining that was what B is going to be? Yes, if you're following along on the map, the area in mind for this is B. It's between Surgeport and Asdale. Kind of breaking up the route a bit. And then there's just a bunch of hot air balloons and maybe it's like a little maze or a puzzle or something. Yeah. You could probably go on like a hot air balloon ride that's something like the Ferris wheel from Pokemon Black and White. Sure. You would go on the Ferris wheel and for some reason battle a trainer whilst you're in this tiny little car. Something like that maybe. Yeah. It's like a fun little festival and a gimmick. You can ride a hot air balloon, fight someone in an adjacent hot air balloon. (laughs) It's all very fun and silly. Yeah. And there would be our regional Driftblim. Of course. Hanging out in this area in particular. And we just call that the Driftblim Fair Park. It's a park where the Driftblim Fair happens. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's perfect. Alright, so another idea that I think would be fun. Cool. A dam. Yeah, that's really interesting. Okay. A dam across the river. And it is both a bridge, like a walkway, and Mm -hmm. also a source of power. Yeah, I'm guessing would this be along one of the routes, say, between like Mount Mustard and Look of You kind of area? Yeah, that would work. I didn't have a particular place in mind mm-hmm. for this. Okay, so tell me about how this would work as a dam in the game. Pokemon does this thing frequently, where it's just like, here is an industrial place. Yeah. It's kind of metal, and there's little spinny things on the floors for whatever reason. And, you know, <laughs> the, the main purpose that it would serve would be to cross the river. You could go across it over the top of the dam. Uh-huh. The dam would be collecting electricity for whatever towns are nearby. It could be a great way to cut off an area for later as well. Like Absolutely. You can't... The way dams work, they can cut an area off, right? That's the whole point. They cut water off. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The raised area of the river, you maybe just can't go that area yet. You can go across sure. the dam. Yeah. You can't go further that direction. Yeah. Until later in the game. Yeah. Also, this is a great place to put slamming. Of course. There's got to be slamming ladders. Love that. <laughs> <laughs> Love fish ladders. Yeah. Or the tubes that they use sometimes. The the fish cannons. Fish cannons. Go look that nonsense. Slamming cannons. (laughs) So 
there's two ways that you could take this. You could take this, it is simply a pathway across the top. I'm imagining very similar to the bike paths. Uh-huh. And then it also could have an interior as well, where you could go in and there's spinny floor puzzles. <laughs> I don't know why. Okay. They're spinning because the water is rushing through underneath them. Sure, uh-huh. So besides it being the walkway, like the interior area, it doesn't have to be for a reason. Some locations of Pokemon are just there, like you can go there and get items or whatever. The Fuego Ironworks is a big one for me that comes to mind in mm. Sinnoh. It's adjacent to the same route as the Valley Windworks further right. up. And there is nothing mandatory about that location. You don't yeah. ever have to go there, but you can get TMs and such. In Alola, there's an area that's Blush Mountain, a small mountain located just off Route 12, contains the geothermal power plant. So in the grass outside that area, it can trigger location-based evolutions. Mm. There's wild Pokemon. And that's it. Like, there's nothing there. Cool. Yeah, so, so it, it, it can it just be a thing. Yeah, it's just a thing. You can either go over it or you can go through it yeah. and collect some cool items. It's just a fun area. It's a little out of the way, but what do we call this dam? Dams are either named after the location or like a particularly famous person. It could just be like the Surgeport Dam. Yeah. I like that because Surgeport has already a connotation of Surge being electric and then Port being water mm-hmm. and then a dam being like hydroelectric. That's just got a nice, sure. nice vibe to it. Surgeport Dam. Another fun concept. A lot of towns have very specific festivals okay. and a really common one is a flower festival mm-hmm. for whatever flower is particular to your area. For example, Portland is the Rose City and they have a huge rose festival every year. I'm thinking maybe we do something based on the flowers we've got. Probably a sunflower themed thing. Yeah, sunflower festival. Because we've got some flora. Yeah. And I don't know that we've got any other specific flower Pokemon besides ones we bring in. Yeah. But also sunflowers are cool. Yeah. No, I'd love just a big sunflower festival. What does that mean? So there's two ways you could take this. It could either be part of an existing city and they like sunflowers and mm-hmm. they have a big sunflower festival and just one town in particular. Even like a small town that's not a gym town. Mm-hmm. Some little filler town that yeah, we yeah. haven't named yet. It's just decked out in sunflowers. Would They're... you like this to be Town 10? Town 10 would be perfect. It's right next to the other farm so this is already an agricultural area. Yeah. Town 10 is just a small little town. Got a big sunflower field outside of it that counts as tall grass and when you walk through it you can encounter some flora. Slash sunken. Yeah. And it's just a small town maybe three or four houses and it's all decked out with big sunflower wreaths and garlands and you can buy sunflower seeds or something. It feels kind of weak to be like well I guess we'll name them after a generation one gym leader because <laughs> default but Erica feels like the obvious kind of character to name this location after yeah. she was the flower arranging gym leader yeah so Erica hmm? Erica Fields Erica Fields that's a fun town name yeah. yeah flower arranging is fun maybe there's a flower arranging component style your Pokemon <laughs> And your Pokemon can wear cute little flowers. Way back, I got a message from Buttons on Discord who also suggested a kind of location that we could be basing on, specifically in the California area, which is good because that's less your area of expertise. Mm. Apparently, steel mills are a big thing in that area, so we could have a bit of a steel-type area. Yeah. Separate from John's Gym. <laughs> but maybe possibly semi-nearby? Because that's fun because... John's Gym is in Kirtstone, which, yeah. Is also nearby to where we're putting all of this agricultural farm stuff. Mm. So John John's gym being the cross point between agriculture and steel mill <laughs> is very fitting. Buttons was suggesting a unique trainer type of welders. Oh, that's good. I would say an area where you can find particular types of Pokemon. Yeah. It has an industrial look to it. They all molten steel. Yeah. Uh, there can be a puzzle. Like the kind of puzzle you often get in a Pokemon game that's about water, but mm-hmm. here it's about molten steel where you have Ooh. to like 
turn on and off the correct. You gotta turn on and off the valves. Yeah. Why is this child being allowed to walk around the molten steel? Don't worry about it. Don't but, worry about it. But why? It. But who? Who let this child in? Don't worry about <laughs> it. It could be again a sort of side questing. You need to go there to talk to someone who is in an office at the other end of it. Yeah. Like I'm picturing something similar to the Pokeball Factory from Kalos. Sure. Yeah. Where you need to go there to get them to help with something. Yeah. Someone needs steel, and for whatever reason, you are here to negotiate. Yeah. When you walk in the building. This is this is this is just flavor. This isn't anything important. When you walk in the building, you're greeted by a person at the door, and they're like, "Hello, welcome to the steel mill. You're allowed to go inside, but you need to wear a hard hat and protection." Whatever. <laughs> you get a little hard hat, and then you can yeah. just walk around freely and do whatever the heck you want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got your PPE. You're good. <laughs> I think let's just call this the Ulcia Steel Mill. Yeah, that's nice, simple, easy. Yeah, like, yeah, this is the one. You're not going to see that many steel mills in Ulcia, but there is one. There's at least one. Which is more than most Pokemon regions have. <laughs> yeah. So that's a nice little handful yeah. smattering of Filling locations. In a lot of areas of the town map that we hadn't yet done. There's only really one or two other spots that we'd want to go over. So the map is nearly complete. Yeah, and we'll come back and sort of touch up those last few spots in another episode. Yeah. But for now, for now, I think it's time to head over to Who's That Pokemon? What have you got for us today, Alex? You know what's cool? Lots of things. You! Bi- bioluminescence. Okay. You know what we need more of? Mm-hmm. Electric type Pokemon. <laughs> you know what we also need more of? Mm-hmm. Ghost type Pokemon. <laughs> uh-huh. You know what's really spooky? Things that glow in the dark. <laughs> Oh. Did you know that in some beaches in Oregon in particular, <laughs> there are massive amounts of a bioluminescent phytoplankton? Tiny plankton that get washed up on the shore. <laughs> and at night, you can walk through it and it will leave glowing footsteps mm. of where you step. Okay. You, you also see them like washed up. Like, it looks like the waves are glowing. It's very spooky. So I, I saw this thing about the footsteps and I thought it looked like ghostly footsteps. Okay. Which was very spooky. So I was, think- I was thinking about beach ghosts. I was thinking about bioluminescent sand. I was thinking about Ghost Electric being a cool type that we don't see outside of Rotom. What if a little colony of bioluminescent ghost electric plankton that takes the shape of a footstep of like a footprint? It's a footprint Pokemon? Yeah. <laughs> is that too abstract? It's a little weird. Is it? Is that too abstract? I don't know. It's weird. Is this you're going to have a Pokemon that is at all times perfectly flat on the ground? I mean, I guess Stunfisk is more or less that. It's a little Stunfisky. Specifically, it's in the shape of footprint. It doesn't necessarily have to be footprints, but kind of like elongated foot-shaped blob. It doesn't have to have distinguished toes. Oh, I think I like think I think shape. it would have to have distinguished toes. Like I think that would be what would make it look interesting. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So then it's it's a blob and it's got some smaller blobs and it kind of looks like a foot and it glows. I think part of how we can make this work is we make it more than just a footprint. Sure. Okay. I was also thinking about balls of light as a ghost concept. It's a very common ghost sighting. Will of the wisp type. Exactly. Yes. And so the Litwick line is a similar concept, but they haven't done a Pokemon that's just a ball of light. That is also something I was thinking about. So maybe a ball of light with some ethereal legs and then some glowing feet. So it looks like it's possible to acquire this plankton. So this is like a fishbowl? Kinda. Whoa! But also people buy them in the shape of animals, I think, is what I'm seeing oh, here. Oh, you took this a step further and it's so cool. <laughs> It's like it's in like glass art, which is also so cool and ghostly looking. Oh, 
Oh, Charuli. Okay, okay, okay. I just had another idea. Okay. The way that this looks described, it, this is glass art. It is some kind of glass shaped into a thing, and it's got the bioluminous and plankton inside. Yeah. Seattle, which is in the Pacific Northwest, has this really famous glass sculptor, Dale Chihuly, who makes these really cool glass sculptures mm-hmm. made up of just a bunch of different pieces. They're fascinating. They're so cool to look at. Google Chihuly art. I'm going to throw all of these concepts together. So my original concept was this is a Pokemon that is a group of smaller, tiny Pokemon. Yeah. Instead of tiny, smaller Pokemon, it's a group of larger glass-like Pokemon yeah. that well, are bioluminescent. I mean, they could still be Plankton. Pokemon plays with sizes all the time. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like Plankton that kind of has that glass-like look to it, which mm-hmm. if you Google the, the phytoplankton in particular, it does kind of look like that. It's like clear with some glowing bits. Mm-hmm. So Pokemon concept, glass art plus enlarged microorganisms with bioluminescence. Bioluminescent Plankton. Bioluminescent plankton arranged in a way similar to Chihuly style glass art. Okay. So how about it starts off as this footprint shape and it evolves. Yeah. I still think with this footprint, by default, they could be flat on the ground. I think it's got to be able to get up and float around in the shape of a footprint in the air and whatever. I'm picturing this as ghost electric. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, yes, it can float. It can peel itself up like Stunfisk does Mm -hmm. and then kind of like float up in the air. And then you get this combination of... Will of the Wisp plus spooky sand footprint. What 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 kind of face situation are we talking about here? I hadn't pictured one. Hmm. But there's got to be something. It doesn't have mm. to be a traditional face by any means. Yeah. But there needs to be some kind of vague face thing. Some way to orient. Where... Yeah. And just indicate like this is the part that yeah do gaps in the glow. Mm-hmm. Little, little dark spots. So one option is similar to Wishy Washy. Yeah. Wishy Washy schooling form, its face is primarily the absence of Wishy Washy. Yeah. Okay. Or it could do extra bright spots. Mm. Would you want it to be a case where you could potentially make out individual plankton faces? I don't think so. No. I think I wanted to have more of a... Collective unit. Yeah. It's it's never an individual. Like Wishy Washy, you see the individual fish. Yeah. This, there, you never actually get the individual plankton they have all exclusively one unit yes one thing i was thinking that could be cute is each toe could be a face each toe could be a face but that works mostly if you're seeing the individual faces i think if you could see them individually they'd have to have a fairly simple design like a little circle each with a little glowing bit yeah it's just what plankton are yeah just kind of like little beans collectively squished together there you go the ones in the actual main foot are more tightly packed yeah you don't make out the individuals the ones that are the toes are sticking out more. They're less tightly packed because they have to be separated. They're still probably made up of multiples. Yeah. Cool. Okay, yeah, so it's it's cute. It's cute. I think there's got to be an NPC in the area, like some random trainer as well, who like tells you a ghost story about these footprints that follow you at night. Because yeah. that, that gives a lot of context to it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Especially if it's on the coast. Let's talk the evolution then. Your thought was that they get bigger, and my thought was that there's more of them, and mm. they grow into this bigger shape based on this artwork. But I want it to be sort of simplified. The Chihuly art is very complex, so it would be kind of a simplified collection of shapes. What's so great about that is this is already a collection of shapes. So if mm-hmm. I make each of the shapes bigger, then you get all these big art things. The bigger shapes can still just be made of many little plankton. That's fair. Also, I'm not 100% what kind of shape I want it to be. Looking at these artworks, they tend to be sort of tendrily trees. Kind of amorphous. Yeah, big on tendrils. They're very organic looking. They're very sea life looking, if anything. They are. Is there a way to tie that into it starting as a foot? <laughs> I'm sorry I brought you such a weird concept. (laughs) It's okay. It's fine. (laughs) 
<laughs> we got a weird Pokemon, especially yeah. for a ghost type. That's yeah. fine. Exactly. Like, ghost types are weird. But it's good if we could have a thematic through line. Yeah. Yeah, it starts as a foot and becomes... Leg. It becomes the lamp from A Christmas Story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which glows? It's a leg that glows. It's a leg that glows. <laughs> I'm not convinced that this is necessarily a two-stage line. It could still be a three-stage line. I'm done with that. If it's a three-stage line, there could be something else in the middle. And what if by the end of it, it becomes a somewhat humanoid shape? That's kind of what I was thinking. With the feet still very distinct, looking just like the base form. Yeah. So it kind of grows upwards. Yeah. It's got this awkward middle stage that kind of looks like an amorphous blob. And then yeah. by the time that it's fully evolved, it resembles a humanoid-ish. Yeah, but the limbs are still the twisted glass coming off of it. Yeah, they're all kind of contorted and weird and spooky. And it can be not necessarily humanoid, but like Hitmonlee. Yeah. Mike Wazowski. It doesn't have a separate head. The head and the torso are one thing and there's a big glowy face. But there's still arms. Tendrily arms. So then the middle stage could just be orb of spiral tendril glass stuff. Oh. Wait, middle stage is not just orb. I think we keep the feet thing going the whole way, and the middle stage is like Tangela. Yeah! It's a tenderly orb with feet. Yeah, glowing weird orb thing. Yeah, I was thinking it's just orb sitting on top of feet. I don't dislike the floating thing either. Yeah, I think my brain wants it. My heart wants it to be an orb floating above like two footprints. Yeah. That's extremely ghostly. It does just start as just one foot, right? Yes. Starts as one foot shape, becomes an orb floating above two feet. Final stage, human humanoid-ish shape. Yeah. Still got the feet. The feet are the through line. Yeah. Coloration throughout. Like, I loved that glowy cyan. That, that ghostly that, blue. That blue, I think, has got to be the main colour. Yeah. It's, like, in the base stage in particular, probably, like, pretty much the only colour. Yeah, yeah. And, like, that and shades of that or whatever. Yeah. And kind of, like, a yeah. white blue glow. Which, we've talked about this before, that very bright blue reads electricity as well as, like, mm -hmm. yellow does. Yeah, yeah. But looking at the Chihuly glass again, there's a lot of red. They're very colourful. What if red becomes a colour? Just those two colors, I think. Like, keep it still a simple color scheme, but shades of cyan and blood red. That might get a little scarier than you want it to be. Okay, well, not quite blood red. A dark orange red color. Dark orange I can do. Orange yeah. and blue is a beautiful combo. Yeah. Now for the hard part. <laughs> What's the hard part, Alex? Names. Names! Plankton, bioluminescent, foot, Ped. Ped and pod. Ped and pod. Let's get a quick etymology on the word plankton, because where did that word come from? The name plankton is derived from the Greek adjective planktos, meaning errant and by extension wanderer or drifter. Ooh, very ghosty. Yeah. It was coined by Victor Henson in 1887. I'm imagining <laughs> the scene where you're on a beach at night. Beaches of Pokemon, they've done it since generation three, mm -hmm. where the footprints, like you can see them in the sand for a little bit behind yeah. you and then they disappear a few steps later. Yeah. And I'm imagining that you can start seeing them glowing. Otherwise, it's the exact same as your own footprints but they're just glowing randomly and or they can split off from you yeah. and other spooky happenings that's how you encounter them yeah love that also because of the way we're describing it you can only encounter them at night yeah they're there in the day you just can't encounter them you just don't see them yeah love that yeah. love that much like the real plankton that this is based on which does show up during the day you just don't see it I found out why it's specifically a dino pet plankton okay. that was in that specific shape because the specific bioluminescent plankton are Dinoflagellates. Nice. Maybe that orb should have some little dinery aspects. <laughs> at least a tail. I can give it a tail. It should at least have a tail. Yeah. Glass. Yes. Plankton. Yes. Glankton. No. <laughs>
That's reasonable. That's fair. Ectoplasm. Oh. Electricity. Uh-huh. Glowing. Okay. Ectgloplasm. Oh. Electgloplasm. Mm. Is specifically, but I'm like, that is too many letters. Electgloplasm. Mm. Is it? Okay, yeah, that is 14 letters. That's so many also elect electoplasm electoplasm is yeah. what i originally wrote down electoplasm is strong thank you i Th- did put a star next to that one i like that i think like for like the final stage that feels final stage because the final stage is the one that's most ghosty like it, yeah, it's yeah, embodied yeah. now it is it is a thing let's keep going with ectoplasm sure ectopod ectopod that could be the first stage where it's a foot yeah it's explicitly a foot ectopod and then electroplasm for the final stage yeah oh electroplasm is that not what I it was i just had electo I like electro. Yeah, I think that carries the idea through a bit more. So ectopod, electroplasm. Yeah, we've got to have something in this realm now for the middle stage. Ectoplankton. That's not bad. Ectoplankton? I think that's good. Yeah. Ectopod, ectoplankton. Electroplasm. Yeah. So what we've got is ghost foot. Yeah. And then we've got ghost plankton. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then we've got electric ghost. Yeah. Cool. Abilities. Any glass-based abilities? No, because there's no glass-based Pokemon. How about Illuminate? Yeah! <laughs> In Japanese, Luminescence. An ability of Staryu, Stami, Chinchou, Lantern, Volbeat, Watchog? Morlal and Shinotic. Why Watchog? It has no effects during battle. All it does is make it more likely to encounter wild Pokemon. Is there anything about it being fragile? Not that it would be positive. There's like weak, weak armor? But that isn't really... So I was thinking fragile and being sharp? Like if you punch it... The glass breaks and stabs you. Oh, well, so previously there have been both rough skin and iron barbs that when a contact move is used on them, they deal damage back. Because that didn't quite fit for us, we made Splinter as an original ability that does the same thing that is a lot more generic that would fit here as well then. That would be fine. Yeah. Especially with all of its weird shapes sticking out. Mm -hmm. Like, if you hit that thing, it's gonna gonna be pokey. What about something like Swift Swim? Okay. Because they can live in the water. I was trying really hard not to restrict this to, like, being a water. Pokemon? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but they can go in the water. What about hydration? Where it can heal okay. status conditions in the rain. That I like. Yeah, that's a good hidden ability. Water's good for it, and it does need water, but it doesn't have to live in water. Yeah. There's something strange <laughs> beneath your feet. <laughs> Who are you gonna call? I don't know. Ghostbusters and I'll see you. Why not? We don't have time to add Ghostbusters in this episode. Trainer class. <laughs> Trainer class Ghostbuster. Ghost hunters. <laughs> You originally, like, the, you could, there's a few places you could put Ghost Hunters as a trainer class. You could put them in the ghost town. <laughs> so today we've made a bunch of random little locations around Olsea to add to our roots. And what do we got, Alex? We made a berry farm slash orchard. We made a hot air balloon festival. We made a hydroelectric dam. Yeah. We made a flowery town. Yeah. Flower field based town. And then we made a steel meal. Steel mill? Steel meal. A steel meal. And we made a steel mill. And we have three new Pokemon, a three stage electric ghost line based on bioluminescent plankton and beach footprints and a specific Seattle based glass artist. And ghosts. And ghosts. Like, it was a lot. Yeah. But they fit together really well. It was a lot of inspirations that came together into a coherent concept. Yeah. And that's fine. Yeah. 
But those are all inspiration points. We've got ectopod, ectoplankton, and electroplasm. I love them. <laughs> so thank you for listening to Pokemakers. And thank you to the Pocket Pod Pack. Pocket Podfest. Woo! And thank you to the Pocket Podcast Network for hosting us. You can find other cool shows on the network, such as... Green Mountain Mysteries. Ghoul Tank. And our other show, Sorted. Our theme music is by Mike Freitag. You can find him on Twitter, at Admiral Amara. You can also find us on Twitter, at Pokemakers. And you can find us both individually. I'm at CodenameJD. And I'm at Pichu, P-T-C-H-E-W. And you can also check us out on the Pocket Podcast Network Community Discord. Where we will be posting, reposting the image of the map for reference, and all kinds of other cool, fun stuff. And we love hearing people's thoughts over there. Oh, yeah. So go check it out. Most recently, we had people giving nicknames for the the Pokemon. (laughs) Nicknames they would give the Pokemon we created. (laughs) My heart is melting. Ah. But until next time, gotta gotta make them all. Pocket Podcast Network. Quality programming right to your pocket. Hi, I'm Daniel, game master of the actual play podcast, No Dice. Join Magic Pikachu! Ixen. There's a score between me and doors, and so far, doors are zero. Perry. They definitely have a lot of daggers happening. They're, they're hiding in various spaces. Sayersha. I always love getting stories from adventurers. I, I really wish I could just have, you know, one of my own. And a whole host of guest players. You can find No Dice on the first Friday of every month on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or PocketPodcastNetwork.com.